Hello, you're listening to A Little Bit of Largan, a podcast about finding a more balanced, sustainable and mindful approach to living. Taking inspiration from the Swedish concept of Largan, a moderate choice between extremes. The podcast explores how this philosophy can be applied to all aspects of your life, to improve your well-being, the well-being of others and of the planet too. My name is Marla and before getting into today's interview, which I'm super excited about, this is the first interview I'm having on the podcast and there will be a lot more to come and it's been a really great experience so I'm very excited to share that with you. But before getting into that, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to those of you who are listening to the podcast and sending such kind and positive feedback. It's really, really appreciated and it really means a lot to me. It's also so nice to know that I'm not just talking to myself and that you guys out there are listening and appreciating what it is that I'm sharing. So I'm really, really grateful. So I just thought I'd give a couple of shout outs to some of these people. So on Instagram, I had really lovely feedback from Intentional Living Journey UK, who've really been enjoying the podcast. They say, I love the concept of Largham and how you're incorporating it. It's great to have such honesty and how you're still learning. A huge thumbs up from me. P.S. Good luck with your dancing career. Thank you so much for that message. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I hope that you will continue to listen and enjoy the podcast episodes. It was lovely to hear from you and hopefully we can keep in touch. And then my other shout out for today goes to Marnie Britton. She is actually a very good friend of mine. And yeah, it's really nice to hear that you're loving the podcast and that you're getting useful information from it. Marnie also replied to one of my Instagram posts that was talking about sustainable fashion. And she said, it makes me excited to talk and think about how what we wear can be better for the environment. And going off this, Marnie, I think this episode will be of great benefit to you and hopefully to all of you other listeners out there as well. Because in this first interview, I'm talking with Kathleen Verendia, who on Instagram is at Kath and the Planet. And she also has a blog where she talks a lot about fast fashion, sustainable fashion, environmental justice and so much more. Kathleen is a university student studying environmental studies and minoring in business economics so she has so much useful information on this topic and we cover a great variety of things from what is fast fashion, how do we tell it's fast fashion, how can we shop more sustainably and loads of other great tips but she also has a very practical perspective and a very real perspective as well and recognising that we're still human beings, we're not perfect. And this aspect of balance and doing what you can is really something that I value a lot. So it was really wonderful speaking with her and I can't thank her enough for being on the podcast. It was such an enjoyable conversation and really insightful and I hope it will be for you too. I just want to say though, I do apologise, the actual quality of the interview isn't great. Um, I will try and work on this for future episodes, but given the current situation, it is very challenging to try and get the um, recording in good quality. But I hope that you can enjoy it all the same. And yeah, let's get into the interview. So I'm here now with Kathleen Verindia. On Instagram, she's known as Kath and the Planet, and she also has a blog that is also called Kath and the Planet. So hey, it's great to have you here. Hi, it's so nice to be here. 
How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, it's getting a little hot here, so adjusting to that. But other than that, it's been good. Lovely. So just so our listeners have a bit more of an idea about who you are and what you do, um, you're currently a university student studying environmental studies. Yes, I'm studying environmental studies and minoring in business economics. Amazing. And how is that going? It's going well. I really enjoyed the classes I took last year. A lot of them were about sustainability and intersections with the environment and society and the business world. And that's kind of what I want to do in the environment. I want to be able to intersect it with business related events and purposes. And so I have been enjoying it a lot. Great. That's so good to hear. And um, what was it that made you want to study environmental studies? Kind of where was that passion ignited when you were growing up? Yeah, it definitely started from a young age. As a kid, our vacations were always camping. Um, We would go on road trips. We'd go to national parks. We would go along the coast. And that's where a lot of my love for nature stemmed from. And it was also greatly inspired by my parents. They're both just very down to earth people. And, you know, growing up, we kind of did these little things that I didn't realize were very sustainable practices. And in their minds, it was more just to save money. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, these are like really good for the planet, what we've been doing. Um, And my dad is also a big windsurfer. And so just going to the ocean and the place that we decided to live was purely based off of the fact that it was an area near windsurfing. And so I got to go to the ocean a lot as a kid and I ended up volunteering at a local aquarium. And I think that's where like my love for the environment really was able to blossom. Um, They gave me the opportunity to give tours to visitors. And then I ended up interning for them and doing research for them for about two and a half years, which really like solidified my need to go into environmental studies. And since then I've just been enjoying the entire journey. Wow, that sounds incredible. Um, So yeah, just for our listeners as well, where is it that you're actually from? Where are you based currently, if they can't tell from the accent? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm from Los Angeles, California. I grew up in a town called San Pedro, uh, which is technically connected to Los Angeles because they own our ports. So I do live near the ocean, or at least in my hometown. But right now I'm based in downtown LA because I go to college here. Nice. And yeah, I just wanted to pick up on something you said, which I think is really important for people to realize is you said that your parents did a lot of sustainable practices, um, but without necessarily realizing, but actually doing it from a point of trying to save money. I think quite often there's a conception that actually living more sustainably is something that can be more expensive Whereas actually, I think maybe it's important for people to realize that you can save money. Yeah, that's so true. And I think the whole mainstream idea of sustainability, you have to, you know, buy these certain things and live a certain lifestyle. But in reality, true sustainability is a very, um, like, not minimalistic, but it's a very down to earth, like, way to live and just trying to reduce your waste in any way possible. And so it comes with the pro of saving money, but then it comes with the con of, you know, it's not, it's not as cute. I think mainstream sustainability is trendy. And then the sustainability that I grew up with was something that I didn't feel ashamed of, but I kind of like had wished that we did another way just because it would be easier that way. 
and whatnot. Right. Um, but I definitely learned a lot from the different things that my parents would do. I mean, the things that I can think of off the top of my head were like the ways we would try and save food. And so like when we would be done with a jar of peanut butter, my mom would like fill it up with milk and mix it around. So she would get all the edges of the peanut butter and have like that one last snack with it. Wow. <laughs> I think it's things like that sometimes people also maybe don't think about as much and yeah just like those little hacks that you pick up along the way that might not be the beautiful Instagram worthy things but they're the really important ones that maybe we can all do a bit more. Definitely yeah and like I think the small things also just help decrease any consuming which consuming anything in the market even if it is more sustainable is going to have an impact on the environment. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the small swaps that you started to make at first when you were becoming more aware of these things and how it impacted on the planet? Yeah, I think one of the first, I'd say the first two swaps, one of them was going vegetarian, um, which I'm not vegan yet. And I do want to be one day, but being vegetarian just makes the most sense in my life right now. Um, And for me, that was just because you're decreasing, you know, like CO2 in the air and water, the amount of water that goes into the meat industry in America is- It's crazy. insane. (laughs) Um, And so I just don't like the idea of like supporting the meat industry. So like when I travel, I'll eat meat, especially I'm half Filipino. So like I went to the Philippines recently and I ate meat there just because it's a big part of the culture and a big part of like the food there. Um, And it's not the same system. I don't know the system that well, so I'm not sure if it's like just as detrimental, but I think it's also depending on like where you're living um, and how you consume your food. And then another thing that I started doing around high school is I started thrifting a lot of my clothes and trying to like get away from fast fashion. Just for any listeners in the UK, thrifting is similar to like charity shopping or secondhand shopping, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, And I've noticed on your blog, you have a lot of information about sustainable fashion and avoiding fast fashion. So would you maybe want to talk a bit more about what fast fashion is and why it's so important that we learn more about it and how to avoid it? Yeah. um, So fast fashion is kind of this new way of creating clothes that started, um, even like 1990s, 2000s is when it got really big, but it started by the company Zara and it's this idea of mass production of clothing and it's constantly changing with each season. And because it's mass produced, they're able to sell it for cheap prices. Um, And the whole issue behind fast fashion, there's a lot of them. One of them that it increases our consumerism, especially with clothing. So like in 2000 the amount that we consumed was about 60 percent less than we do now with clothing on average um, because it's more affordable and it's also a great way for people to express themselves and it's a way that people are able to uplift themselves which I feel like is why it's so hard to move away from fast fashion because it's so affordable people who might not have as much money it's a way for them to like have something new and something Um, like trendy and I know I fell into that as a kid as well and I still fall into that sometimes like I still buy fast fashion now and then (laughs) I remember my last purchase was in March and I'm going to try to make that my last purchase ever we'll see how it goes but I never even wore the thing that I bought (laughs) wow like this dress from Nasty Gown and I ended up just wearing my friend's dress 
it's crazy sometimes isn't it that maybe even the idea of something being cheaper or more convenient or you see it and you just want to buy it because yeah it's like the in thing but then it's so easy to fall into that and almost believe that it's something that you want and you need and then actually once you've got it it doesn't mean so much yeah and I think a lot of my identity at one point in my life was centered around the clothing that I wear or the persona that I gave based off of my look um but I'm slowly learning that really the best way is to decrease my consumption in any way possible even sustainable fashion so that's something that I'm learning right now is that fast fashion in a way has brainwashed us into thinking that like we always need to have these new looks this new clothing in order to be able to express ourselves and that's something that I'm still trying to get away from. And it's really hard, especially because um, a lot of influencers, even people who say that they're into the environment, they're still like feeding into this idea of like always having this new look, always be like expressing themselves through their clothing. And I think that's why it's really hard to pull away from this identity that a lot of us have tied ourselves into with our clothing. Yeah, for sure. So with regards to people becoming more aware of fast fashion brands, how can someone get an idea of whether a brand is a fast fashion brand? Sometimes there will be brands that will state that they're doing something that's environmentally friendly or more sustainable, but actually maybe that's not, not the case. So yeah, what tips do you have to kind of pick that apart? Yeah, um, so usually your fast fashion stores are going to have different clothing all the time. They're always coming out with new options, um, especially seasonally. And then the prices are often low, but they don't have to be. The, the idea behind fast fashion is this mass production. And so that can still happen with higher prices. Yeah, so I'd say low prices is definitely one where you would start like questioning it, but it could be any range of prices. Um, and then another thing to look into is how big are they? Like really huge companies tend to have um, like these fast fashion models to them. And also if they do a lot of advertising, they want you to buy the clothing. They're always showing off the brands. That means they don't really care about the idea of minimizing how much we consume. And so I think that's where the whole idea of greenwashing comes in is that they're advertising these clothing that's maybe made out of organic cotton or a more sustainable material, but they're still mass producing it. They're still making new ones for each season. And they're still following fast fashion guidelines with just maybe a little bit more sustainability side on the material. Right. So that's kind of like coming into the idea that there's companies that are still fast fashion and maybe they'll bring out one collection that is a bit more sustainable. Yeah. Um, and actually, if we're still fueling that company, really, although the individual purchase might be a bit more environmentally friendly, we're still supporting a business that's kind of all about fast fashion. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I also... Um, I noticed in one of your blog posts when you were talking about kind of thrifting, the balance kind of that needs to be struck with that with if you are in a position where you can afford to maybe purchase a sustainable fashion brand. Yeah, like that kind of line there. Yeah, I think it's when you're thinking about buying clothing, I don't think you should ever feel shame for what you purchase. People always have their own circumstances. And one thing with thrifting is that it takes time 
especially more than just going to like Forever 21. I don't know if you guys have that. It's just so much easier. And so that's never something to be ashamed of. Like everyone has their own circumstances. But if you are able to maybe go thrifting or buy sustainable options, there are things to think of. For example, if you're thrifting, you want to think about what community are you thrifting in? Because a lot of these stores are charity stores. And so I think it's really great buying for thrift stores because it, a lot of them are nonprofits. And so the money goes towards communities. But think about where the store is. So like if it's in a store where you have a lot of people who are maybe low income households, then they might be more reliant on this clothing. And if you're going to take items that are, you know, let's say like a nice button down or some nice business pants, those are hard to find in thrift stores. And so you're taking that opportunity away from other people who maybe can't afford those pieces in other stores. So that's one thing to think about is where you're shopping. And another thing to think about is, how much you're buying. And so even though you are buying secondhand, you're still, if you buy a lot of it, it's still major consumption and you're still feeding into your idea that you need to consume this much and you always need to have this amount of clothing. Um, so that's also something to be aware of, but it's totally okay to buy it if you want it. I buy clothes that I want all the time. Um, I just try to I'm trying to limit myself on how much to buy. And I think that's a really good way to go into it. It's like when you go into a thrift store, give yourself a limit or give yourself like a price point on like where to match. Um, and then another thing to look into is only buying things that are in your size, especially because size privilege is a very like intensified issue in sustainable fashion. There's not many sustainable size inclusive stores right now. And so if you see something at a thrift store that's, you know, doesn't fit you, maybe it's a little loose on you, but you think you could turn it into something cute, maybe opt for something that already fits you and turn that around. So then you can leave the clothing for someone who would fit it. Um, and also that goes with children's clothing too. Like there's probably families who might get children's clothing at thrift store and like let's say you fit into like a top in children's clothing you're taking that away from families who would be looking for clothing there um so those are a few things i would say to be aware of and there's a lot of apps or chrome extensions that you can get that will help you figure out what if a brand is sustainable and find maybe sustainable brands that work for the look you want and the prices you want the app that I like to use is good on you and it does a really good job at rating, you know, what they did well and what they're still working on, how transparent these companies are. Yeah, that's such useful information. Thank you for that. I actually have that app on my phone, surprisingly. Um, yeah, just in terms of surprisingly, um, I'm not particularly someone who is really into kind of fashion and buying lots of things. Um, obviously we all wear clothes so I'm still purchasing clothes and it's so important to be aware of these things so it's so useful to kind of talk to you about this because it seems like you're someone who's very much been in the struggle of having to really start reducing how much you are purchasing and that must be a really tricky thing to start. Yeah I think because I started learning a lot about fast fashion about a year ago and I really started looking into it when I did a paper on it for one of my finals. I'm, I was taking an environmental econ class and we were able to write about anything that intersected 
environment and economics. And so I wrote like a 10 page paper on it and I ended up learning a lot about it. And since then I've kind of just been educating myself on it, which has been helpful because right now we're in quarantine. And so I haven't really felt the need to buy anything because I've been wearing the same outfit like every other day at home. Yeah, I can definitely relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's why it's been a really inspired journey for me right now is that I have time to reflect on how I've been consuming my whole life and how I can change that. Yeah, and I think maybe there's also something in recognizing that it's a process. It's not like overnight, suddenly you have to be this transformed, perfectly ethical human being who knows knows all of the kind of the top tips that are going to make you the most sustainable like it definitely takes time to learn those things and finding what works for you as well is really important exactly and i also think that you should never put too much pressure on yourself or hold too much guilt when you do buy into fast fashion because although our individualistic purchases are so important nothing's really going to change until the industry itself changes until the supply chain changes until the companies themselves make their supply chains more sustainable and make their practices more sustainable. And so even if you're not buying into it, it's not going to change the way they work. So another thing that I'm trying to do is find ways to hold these companies accountable or like, for example, what I am studying right now is the reason I'm intersecting sustainability in business is because I want to get into supply chains in the future so that I can help with sustainability in supply chains because I know that these companies are not just going to crumble down. There's no way that we can just get all of society to stop buying their clothing. Um, and so we have to think of realistic ways to change the whole process of fast fashion. Wow. I think it's incredible that you're doing that. Um, that's definitely been something that's been on my mind recently is this balance between your individual choices. If everyone is making those choices, it's going to amount to a big change. But there is also this recognition that these massive corporate companies, things need to change from within there. It's not just an individualist thing. And if we all focus purely on just what we're doing and not how it's relating to a bigger picture, then yeah, it's definitely got to got a shift in those ways too so do you have any tips for people on how they can put pressure on these bigger companies yeah so I know that there's petitions going around for it and there's one company that is really good at holding these places account um, accountable so I would say a good Instagram to follow is remake our world they talk a lot about holding companies accountable and will share petitions. I think that a really good thing that they've been doing is making emails to send to these companies and also commenting on their Instagram. So a large issue that has happened during the um, pandemic is that these companies are canceling orders that have already been made in where like wherever the factories are and so they're not paying for the clothing ha that has been produced so right now if you go on to remake our world on instagram they have petitions and they have templates on what you can write in the comment section of these clothing companies asking for them to pay up and i think that's a great place to start and then from there just finding um, companies such as Remake Our Worlds that have a big voice and are working to hold them accountable and, you know, signing petitions, 
trying to get your voice heard from the company. Another great thing is just spreading awareness and, you know, talking about it with your friends or with your family and just letting people know what's going on right now with fast fashion. Yeah, no, that's super useful. Thank you for that. I haven't come across that account, so I will definitely be giving that a follow and get sending some petitions because, yeah, I think sometimes people can think that, you know, their voice isn't going to make a difference, but the worry is if everyone thinks that, then things won't change. We can all find two minutes in our day to sign a petition um, and it will really make a big difference if everyone did that. That's definitely a great one to follow. Thank you for that. Yes. I had a thought in my head and now it's just vanished. That's always That's annoying so when that happens. <laughs> um, a good one too. Yeah, I know, right? So if we maybe go back to thinking about being in lockdown at the moment um, and for you how this has been like a great time for reflection, uh, what have been the main kind of reflective points that you've come across that have helped with you moving forwards and what you'll do differently after lockdown? Yeah, I think a big one for me is thinking about what I'm consuming. Um, of course, a large thing that I've been reflecting on is how I consume my clothing. Another one is how I consume with packaging or companies that I'm supporting. So I'm trying to find ways to reduce my waste, especially because a lot of the things that say they're recyclable don't ever get recycled and they end up going to the landfill. Um, so I'm trying my best to find ways to reduce my waste. And I'm starting small, like I use those cotton pads to clean my face. So I got reusable cotton pads and I've been using loose leaf tea instead of bag tea. Um, so I'm just starting with small things because I'm also a college student and it's difficult to balance this idea of you know, reducing waste, a lot of it takes research and time and energy. And so I think it's, I've just been finding ways to do the small things and then slowly working my way up. Like right now I'm using the shampoo and conditioner that I had from last year, but once I'm done with that, I've already found like shampoo bars that I can use so I can reduce my plastic in that way. Um, so I feel like I've just been finding these like small things to reduce my waste. And then I'm also trying to do research on the companies I'm supporting, um, such as Amazon, like I'm trying to get away from Amazon. And maybe if there is something that I really need, I'll like look for it on Amazon and then see if other companies are selling it. And if they're more trustworthy, if they take care of their workers better and things like that. Yeah, that's a really great tip. It's definitely a big issue with Amazon for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole massive topic to kind of dive into there. <laughs> that's a whole other thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely like just reevaluating the choices in different areas. And again, it comes back to doing what is possible for you in this time. Like you're saying, you're a college student. You, you must be super busy with everything that you're doing and that paper you've written, which is amazing. And I'm sure you're writing so many others. It's, it's really inspiring to hear that you know, there's other people in positions like that. Myself, I'm currently finishing my MA. So yeah, it's, it's a lot when you're kind of trying to juggle a lot of things, but it's not feeling defeated by that and realizing that there are these little things that we can, we can do. Yeah. It's like, it's about finding the small things in your life that you can help adjust. I think an important thing to think about when you're trying to become more sustainable is that sustainability is you know, living your life so you could hopefully leave 
what resources you have for future generations. And it's about balancing the environments, equity and social justice and the economy, so like the way you consume. Um, but it's also important to keep a balance within yourself and do what makes sense in your life. You have to be able to sustain your own mental health. And if you think what you're doing is draining on your energy and your ability to take care of yourself, that's not sustainable for you. Yeah, for sure. That's such an important point. Um, and it's really interesting, actually. I was going to ask you a question about how do you find the balance between researching into all of these things and understanding why these issues are such a problem for example with fast fashion and the plastic problem and so many other issues um and like social injustices and how they're also in interconnected as well is something that i think people are becoming more aware of but it is getting that balance between how much research you do into those things and how you also sustain your well-being have you found any ways that you've managed to kind of find a middle ground between those two yeah i think it's different for everyone on where their middle ground is but i found i think the reason that i started my platform of cast in the planet was because i was feeling a little bit lost and okay like i have this information now what do i do with it that is you know an accessible solution for myself and i thought like oh i have a lot of friends who are interested in this topic who would like to learn more like maybe i can make a platform where i can share what i've learned where i can grow as myself and keep myself accountable for continuing to learn about this stuff um and so i think that maybe if i'm not able to make some of the decisions i would want to in my life that are more sustainable whether they just take too much time or i haven't really figured out how to make it work in my life being able to help spread the word for others and educate others not only like will allow other people to open up their minds on it and but it also opens up discourse between other people and myself with others and learning from people who are interacting with my account um, and being able to just like see the community that's growing throughout it so i think yeah just being able to spread awareness has helped me when i feel like other options aren't accessible for me to make yeah, I can definitely relate to that in kind of the reason I wanted to make this podcast and then go on to make an Instagram account to support that. Like it's finding that um, that position between how your individual actions make a change, but also filtering that out into a community aspect and connecting with other people and sharing what you learn is super important because we can't all be expected to have the time to find every bit of information ourselves but through having conversations like these and sharing things with family and friends and following instagram accounts that talk about these things you can like pick up these snippets of information that other people have taken the time to research so it then gives you space to then research something else to share to someone so yeah it's kind of this supportive network that i think is super important Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also try my best to put somewhere in my captions or um, like in my blogs and let people know that I really highly implore people to do their own research and look into my sources because no matter how hard I try, everything I'm going to give out is going to be biased to my opinion. Um, so I think it's really important that like if you do read about an issue to look into it yourself and form your own ideas and figure out how do I think that this is affecting the world and myself?
and how can I change it? Yeah, no, that's, that's super great to hear. So yeah, my final question for you, um, this podcast being called a little bit of Largum and Largum being this moderate choice between extremes, this idea of a little bit and not too much and finding balance. Um, I just want to ask you, what have you maybe done this week or today that has helped you find a little bit of Largum? Yeah, I would say this morning I woke up and I made myself some tea and I used my loose leaf tea. Um, But after I was done with it, I threw it in the trash because I currently am not composting. I don't have a place where I can put compost. Um, I used to be able to give it to my farmer's market, but that's not happening right now because of the pandemic. Um, So it's not a perfect solution to using tea bags, but it definitely decreases in the waste in a way, even though I know I'm still creating a tiny bit of waste. And then I get a delicious cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, I think that that is so important to realize that we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. And the fact that we're trying to do better is the important thing. And doing what you can and focusing on that rather than focusing on what you can't do is yeah the crucial thing I think in staying motivated to make positive change for sure definitely cool so thank you so much for speaking with me um do you want to just let people know where they can find you if they want to sort of hear more about what you do and get more resources and information yeah so on instagram you can find me at at kath and the planet Um, That's K-A-T-H at the planet. Um, (laughs) And then um, my blog is kathandtheplanet.com. Great. Thank you. I can pop them in the blog post that I'll make in relation to this episode so people can find it there as well if they forget. Awesome. It's always so nice to chat to someone who really cares about these things and is taking the time to research so much into them and I'm so excited for your journey. It seems like you have a lot of cool things ahead. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Um, it'll be yeah. really exciting to follow what's happening. And yeah, it's been so nice to chat with you. And yeah, maybe in the future we can do another one. I would love that. I've been doing a lot of research right now on the indigenous people whose lands were stolen by national parks. Wow. So if you ever want to talk about that. Um, no, definitely. That sounds, yeah, really, really something that a lot of people should hear about for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that's like doesn't really get taught in environmental classes. Um, and so I didn't really realize like the entire story of everything until recently. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not very familiar with it either. And I'm sure so many people aren't. Um, so yeah, definitely really, really important topic there. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely to speak with you. Yeah, this has been really nice. I hope we can talk again at some point. Yeah, me too. Hope you have a lovely day. Speak again soon. Bye. So I hope that you guys found the content in that interview useful. I know that I did. And again, thank you to Kathleen so much for speaking with me. It was so enjoyable to chat with you and hopefully we can do it again sometime. If you found any of these tips useful, please share the episode with family and friends and... If you have any questions or information you'd like to share on the topics discussed today or you just want to say hi, feel free to drop me an email to a little bit of largum at gmail.com or you can drop me a message on Instagram at a little bit of largum. I'd really love to hear from you. 
Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.